Episode 44. Here we are, everybody. Episode 44 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. I am Jake, along with Evan. I'm Evan. He is Evan, and today he's excited to be Evan. I'm excited. We haven't done this in a minute, and I got like a beer and a half in yeah. before we started. Just a heads up for the listeners. Uh, this episode, like, there's going to be a lot of fluff. There's going to be a lot the of jokes. fluffy episode. Like we're sitting on a cloud surrounded by marshmallows and cotton balls, that kind of fluff. And I mean, things happen. Things exist. This is our Gabriel Iglesias episode. <laughs> Call us fluffy. I think we're both. I got no joke. Fuck. <laughs> this is a bad start. If I'm saying there's going to be a bunch of jokes and a bunch of... I wish we were funnier than Gabriel Iglesias, but uh, survey says that we are not. I think we might be. <laughs> I don't know. I just we'll have to try really hard. I do. We have to. We'll have to try really hard to be funny. He's not very funny. Everyone knows that the funniest things come from people trying really hard to be funny. Yes, that's exactly what I think of. I'm like, wow, that guy is really trying hard. <laughs> that guy. Wow, is, is he funny? <laughs> First up on the docket is some women's hockey news that is uh, like a decade old. I think at this point, they I, tried really hard. They try. Speaking of tried really hard. Uh, the NWHL doesn't exist anymore. They have rebranded to spicier. I, w- I wish we should. is that like Premier Hockey Federation? Is that like Chris Catan doing Antonio Banderas? That is exactly <laughs> what that is me doing. Chris Catan doing Antonio Banderas. Uh, but I must not and like I should be Horatio Sands in the background going not too sexy now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the NWHL rebranded to be the Premier Hockey Federation, which literally means nothing to anyone and doesn't tell a person what they're looking at when they see it at all. Uh, yeah. It's a super confusing jumble of words that makes fart noises when you think <laughs> about it too hard. It sounds like some lower tier Russian hockey league. This is like the Vladivostok League, like way out east, like... Yeah, this is like basically the, on the Pacific, away from cultured Russia. I was going to say this is the Kremlin invite only uh, adult league. So this is like the league, beer where, league or this vodka league. This is the league where they uh, just allow uh, Putin to score eight goals a game. Yeah, I mean he's just one of the teams in the league, uh, but he is the only person on his team, and his team always wins. So it kind of like changes the strategy. You know, you like. You have eight teams in the league, and one of them is just Putin. And, well, one time he lost. (laughs) Things did not go well. One time. (laughs) For that team. Just one time. For, like, I I think we're on the same page here where this Mm -hmm. is a terrible rebrand. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. You kind of see maybe what they were going for, uh, trying to de-gender the league, but they didn't then also make it more trans-inclusive. Yeah. And so if that was the intent, it was a very empty move. That wasn't the intent, though. Well, I mean, do we know exactly what the intent was at this point? Because it's sort of not clear to me. 
I think a lot of rhetoric came out around it and it was just people using what we would call $10 words and making shit up on the fly. $20 words. That's my lexicon. Ooh. Or is it a $3 bill y'all? No, that's just Joe Biden inflation (laughs) right there. $10 words are now $20 words. Oh, well, um, it's sort of taking women out of the name. So you can see where the opportunity was there, but that they didn't really take it. So I don't really understand why this happened, what they thought they stood to gain by rebranding as the premier hockey federation. But, you know, we still support them. We still will watch the games. We still will talk about them, but it kind of makes it more confusing for us because now we're going to have to say the premier hockey federation, which is the women's professional league. They've made that kind of coda on their name necessary now. They they talked about branding mm-hmm. a lot in the press release and how this was going to improve branding. And it's like as if the word women's in their title was the thing that was preventing them from being able to brand themselves. Like, right. Which it absolutely was not. That's the thing that's allowing them to brand themselves is yeah. that they are the professional women's hockey league in North America. And now that that's gone... Like, I don't get it. Like, well, you're going to see, like, Discover Card, proud sponsors of the Premier Hockey Federation. Like, what does that fucking mean? Somebody discovers, like, why? what is this money going to? Like, Yeah, and they've also um, kind of ceded that ground to the PWHPA, you know, which will maintain women's in their title ostensibly forever. So, you know, yeah, kind of a misstep. We'll still support them, but... It seems, at least from where I stand, I don't fully understand why this was necessary and what they stand to gain. And uh, I hope it doesn't hurt them as much as I kind of think it will. This will also lead to confusion to, once again, people thinking the WHL is the Women's Hockey League (laughs) as opposed to the Western Hockey League. When I first moved out here, I said, oh, Portland's got a WHL team? There's a Women's Hockey League? And then I looked, I was like, whoops. <laughs> oh, actually. That was, I mean, before I like even remotely cared about prospects or whatever, like draft picks. That was when the Red Wings were good, so I didn't have to worry about draft picks because we never had any. It seems like a a very failed attempt and yeah, kind in of. a league that has a relatively decent history of failed attempts at this point <laughs> it feels like flailing when they didn't really need to be flailing because they've come out of covid in a pretty good place at least from where i yeah. see it um yeah there's expansion on the table there's a, a real actual buzz about the league in hockey circles as well as outside of hockey circles like in general sports um circles They had just finalized the sale of their final team. So all teams which had previously been owned by the league are now independently owned. Mm -hmm. There was good momentum. Yes, they hadn't uh, talked about Digit Murphy's transphobia yet. (laughs) No. Uh, Or some of their players' transphobia or the um, kind of repeated attempts by some women in the league to get Barstool in involved in it but like all of those problems still exist and now you have no identity 
So well, they don't have no identity, but they've, they have they've a, maybe kind of stubbed their identity's toe. They have bad and and a, a bad identity, an it, unidentifiable identity. Yeah, because like now, if you see PWF or PHF, now if you see PHF, you're like, oh, I gotta Google that. Like NWHL, you could kind of guess. Like HL, okay, hockey league, and and NHL, okay. Oh, oh, that's probably a hockey league. PHF <laughs> looks about confusedly. Uh, what? <laughs> it's goofy. It seems it feels like a shtick, and I'm already over it. With that being said, sometime in late October, we're going to come out with our PHF preview. And uh, <laughs> try and say that with more consternation, please. Should we uh, call it the like? formerly known as nwhl preview that's the n- that is going to be the name of just the, a, of the episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sayonara to the name nwhl long live the league itself uh kind of a bummer of a name change but you know they're gonna own it and we'll do our best to support them moving on you know who should probably change their name evander kane i'm just gonna answer that question for you it's not even a rhetorical question I'm just hi gonna i'm it. john doe formerly known as evander kane <laughs> he might be able to dodge his creditors at that point evander kane gave a brief interview with espn with linda Cohn, and in that interview denied having ever bet on hockey games especially games that he has played on came out and said he did have a gambling problem which duh (laughs) really evander i'm surprised all evidence points to that being true snopes confirms (laughs) Uh, so and the nhl has since come out and said that there is no evidence that he had bet on his own hockey games nhl comes out and says honey we believe you yeah uh we're, we're still shying away from investigating the Blackhawks, but hey, we got that Evander Kane one wrapped up. Yeah, I, there was never any evidence to support that he had bet in his own games. His performance was relatively consistent and consistently good. Um, so, you know, this was always sort of s- kind of a nothing burger to people that were following it, but th- glad the NHL decided to put it to rest publicly while... Uh, more accusations are leveled against him by his soon-to-be ex-wife. She has made accusations of sexual assault and uh, harassment and domestic abuse and all of the uh, awful things that we don't like to hear hockey players do. This isn't going away. No, it's not. Like, one thing gets cleared up for him. She's got more accusations. Like, doesn't this sort of support my previous assertion that, like, this is kind of a negotiation in the media? And they're like, uh, settle and, you know, abandon some of your assets. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then they're like, okay, it's going to get worse for you, buddy. And he's he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. He's so proud. That was the one thing you could really gather from that ESPN interview and like props to ESPN for sending in Lena Cohn and like taking on, you know, starting to take on some of the 
investigative reporting necessary in the NHL. Yeah. Where it, as opposed a- to ignoring the league for 20 years. Yeah. Linda but, Cohn is amazing. Let's just get that out there. She's great. Yeah. And this wasn't exactly her best interview, but it was one that was necessary needed to happen. Uh, you know, he didn't exactly do himself any favors. He looked kind of, I don't know, bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to find better adjectives than just bad. I think we said this in our last episode, which I mean, was so long ago that I honestly don't remember if it was the last one or one before that, but it's like when enough accusations pile up against you, mm-hmm. regardless of their veracity, yeah, it's kind eventually, of a critical eventually there's a there's a dark cloud that hangs over you where it's, if enough people are saying these things about you, you done fucked up. Yeah, it might not be all of the things. It might not be most of the things. But the fact that the allegations about him paying for abortions came out and nobody batted an eye, they're like, no, well, more yeah. of Andrew Kane news. Right. I'm I mean, like, that's a really hard thing to talk about, which is why. That's the reason I think it didn't get more traction, but I was surprised that that didn't get talked about in more circles other than that. Like, I didn't really want to talk about it. So, uh, Evander Kane, done, fucked up, A.A. Ron, as uh, Key and Peele like to put it. You know who else done fucked up, A.A. Ron? Marc-Andre Fleury and his goaltender mask artiste. Let's say, I, I don't think this is Marc-Andre Fleury's doing. Let's, well, not, let's not sully his name with this. It's his consultant who does a lot of other masks for a lot of other prominent goalies. He's the goalie guy. He, this is not his first time getting in hot water. His name is Stefan Bergeron. And in creating Marc-Andre Fleury's mask, which is... Um, it's the Blackhawks logo on a mask. It's really like kind of basic bitch for as far as goalie masks go. Absolutely. Uh, it's just the logo and the word Chicago on it. Right. Which to me as a native Michigander is offensive, but you know, I get it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he wrote on Twitter, uh, that there were three other designs for Flurry's mask that were denied by the team due to racial tensions. So, the already racist mascot and mm-hmm. logo is the most palatable design that this guy came up with to make a Blackhawks. What the fuck were the other three? Was it depictions of scenes from Blood Meridian? Like, what the <laughs> fuck was he painting on a helmet that was more racist than just their average logo, which is already racist? It's actually just General Custer's face. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, th- this artist is known for very, like, detailed, like, I, I don't know, kind of incredibly, he almost does graffiti-esque postmodern art with a bunch of different subjects in there, and then really kind of airbrushy, flowy things, and what we got was this fairly static, you know, it's basically just the Blackhawks jersey on on a mask. And so, yeah, one wonders what the hell was rejected. And I'm guessing that it's something that is normal in the like the Florida Seminoles um, branding lexicon. They pay money to be able to brand that way. Exactly. Here's the quote from Stéphane Bejeron. Three concepts were refused by the team due to racial tensions. Many elements related to the natives, 
many elements related to the natives cannot be reproduced on the mask of the Blackhawks, which greatly limits my creativity. It's dumb, and he probably came up with something dumb, and they said, no, we're kind of trying to wind this branding down. But the Blackhawks, I mean, are very clearly trying to wind this branding down. Eventually go away from it, I would guess, just like the Winterhawks did. So, you know, it's sort of predictable. You kind of wonder what ended up on the cutting room floor. And I'm sure it was just some sort of like aggressive Native American insignia along the lines of things that you see trotted out by Florida State. Furthermore, you know, they're the visage that they are sporting. You know, it's not like they're paying Chief Blackhawk's family to use his face on their logo. There's a sort of personal identity question that I always prompt to people that want to defend the Blackhawks logo. For years and years and years, the team and its sort of media environs have prepped people with like this kind of canned defense of the Blackhawks logo that like I think just does not stand up anymore. And it's just like it was a real guy, so it's not racist. And it's like, well, no, that might make it more racist, actually. It definitely leads into like, okay, shouldn't you be paying to use his to, to license his image? You know, paying his descendants. Yeah. And also he was a captive of the United States for a really long time and was essentially just like trotted out to like support basically uh, white hegemony and uh, manifest destiny. You know, he was like this powerful Indian chief made into like this sideshow that the U.S. government just tooled around on trains for years and years and like had him write a book where he talked about be this experience and like talked up America. And I was like, really fucking really like, uh, you know, there's this sort of historical erasure that the Blackhawks tried to do by also pointing out the fact that this isn't about chief Blackhawk. It's about a, uh, it's about a world war one regiment that bore his name. Like, Oh, okay. A bunch of, bunch of white boys going over to Europe were inspired by the uh, captive Native American chief, like that doesn't that doesn't make it any different. Also happening in Chicago hockey team land. Patrick, the investigation. Yeah, Patrick Kane. Part. I'm I'm using scare quotes. You can't see, but, but participated mm-hmm. in the investigation in which he denied just like his captain of ever hearing anything homophobic or about sexual assault or, you know, the like very obvious issues that were going on in the Chicago Blackhawks hierarchy at that time. So now like the three, shall we say stars of that, that, that 2010 team, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze have all come out and say, I didn't know anything about anything. And this, uh, you know, I found out about it later and I was sad. Right. Fuck you all. (laughs) Fuck this bullshit. It's like you've got people who are on the team coming out and saying, yeah, everybody knew. And we called them homophobic slurs in practice. And you've got people on other teams coming in going, yeah, everybody fucking knew about this. You know, I would believe maybe one of these guys not knowing, uh, but all three, no, this is 
absolutely just gaslighting of if the I'm, fandom. If I'm not, if I, I'm, if I'm not wrong, wasn't this like the captain and both of his alternates? Yeah, exactly. The people that you would expect to carry water for an organization. Yeah, but at the same time, like when I think of like the people. I don't think of it so much anymore because as we've seen over the last, you know, five to 10 years, you know, leaders are all full of shit, but like, (laughs) you know, when you name somebody the captain or the alternate captain of your sports team, you know, that used to mean these were the guys who had the backs of the guys that they were going, you know, quote unquote to war with. And I, I, I don't use war analogies for sports, but Apparently now it means the people who will go to bat for the organization that is paying them millions of dollars. So, yeah, this um, this investigation from the Blackhawks still hasn't been released. And when it does, it'll probably amount to nothing. And they'll try and sweep it under the bridge or under. The, sorry, they'll try and sweep it under the rug or drowned it like a bad cat underneath the bridge (laughs) like i hate that this is gonna amount to nothing i i hate it but you can see it coming from a million miles away for like like klingons are out there going yeah that blackhawks thing's not gonna come to fucking anything and we're just like (laughs) sitting here like pretending like it's a like the big bad monster in the room. Meanwhile, the nhl is just gonna let this fucking happen yeah meanwhile this like brad aldrich guy is up in Michigan, like employing touching young, boys, well, and employing young men. It is like business. Like it, it, it seems like the legal system in this case has a uh, very little recourse for what appears to be a serial predator in this and uh, all. Cases? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, more, Part I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is a fucking Supreme Court justice, and here we are. <sighs> yeah. Our next subject here is the RFA stalemate, which was much more developed a couple of days ago when we were writing this script, and now, like, half of the guys have signed. So, um, so Robert Thomas, Dalene, and Kirill Kaprizov have uh, all signed in the last, like, 48 hours to make this segment not quite as fun yeah this all happened like today yeah uh kaprizov signed a five-year nine million dollar contract which is immediately the richest contract in minnesota wild history as far as uh per year wowza after playing only 55 games yeah uh of which he was probably the best player on the ice for like 40 of them so yeah i mean he absolutely deserves this contract it is staggeringly rich. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like getting a really awesome house on spec. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, you know, he's demonstrated that the talent's there. He hasn't had the chance yet to demonstrate that it's the, the performance is going to stick around. But you damn well saw that he can transform an entire hockey team last year. Well, he led the KHL in scoring twice. Like it's right. not like the, as a young player. So mm-hmm. it's not like this is out of nowhere. Oh my God. It's, it, it's, it, he has a track record. <laughs> he beat out Niall Yakupov to lead the KHL in scoring. Shockingly. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, those three contracts 
honestly, like I honestly, I really thought Kaprizov or Brady Kachuk were going to be the last to sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, when you look at the financials in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. they have just north of $10 million in cap space and they have to sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Mm -hmm. Elias Pettersson alone could eat all of that cap space. Yeah, they're uh, uh, F-U-K-T fucked. I don't under. I mean, like Brady, I assume will sign at some point. You know, it, the senators are probably just playing hardball to juice an extra hundred thousand dollars out of him because that's what fucking Melnick wants. I don't. I see. Honestly, like if I'm a team with cap space, let's mm-hmm. say, offer Brady like five years at like eight million. Sure. And see what happens. Because at this point, I think they're just trying to cut pennies with an exacto knife because that's what the ownership wants. Well, I mean, so Brady, a couple of weeks ago, was skating in St. Louis, mm-hmm. not going, not reporting to Ottawa, and was saying that Ottawa had not even offered him a reasonable offer yet. So if you offer him keyword being reasonable, right? So if they're offering him like four and a half million a year or some shit, like that's not even close. And if you offer him an eight mil a year deal, which I would say Brady Kachuk is worth around there. It's probably a little rich, but like by the end of that contract, he is going to be a, like one of the league's premier power forwards, I think. So, Maybe it's an overpay now, but it might be an underpay later. And so, like, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that like the one uh, offer sheet we got was like the vengeance quest from Carolina when <laughs> guys like Pedersen and guys like Brady Kachuk are out there just kind of swinging Slapping in, in the, the wind, breeze. which is yeah. right, which is ideally what the offer sheet is meant to deal with. Yeah, so I mean, offer throw like nine five at Pedersen or whatever, and right. compared see if it to sticks, like compared to the way that Pedersen and Hughes are being treated by Vancouver, Cockniemi was nailed to the baseboards by Montreal. You kind of have to believe that good old boys club doesn't want to piss off Jim Benning. Jim Benning's not going to have a job next year. Why are you fucking worried about it? <laughs> That's true. That is absolutely Jim Benning true. will never have a GM job in the NHL again ever after this year. So why are you fucking worried about what Jim Benning's feelings say? Because I'm worried about Jim Benning's feelings every hour of every day. You and you. Me and Jim Benning's you. therapist. <laughs> Jim Benning's therapist is just there collecting a check. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> just like the rest of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. This RFA situation is kind of wild. Like we've noticed, we've watched this happen kind of the last couple of years where young RFAs coming off of their entry level deal are getting these mega contracts, which I honestly, I, I've, I've, I'm on the record as saying, I think is good business for both the player and the team because you're getting the best years of that player mm-hmm. at the actual salary they're worth. And then when they turn 30 or whatever, and you don't want to pay them 9 million a year anymore, you just let them walk. Whereas like 
paying somebody nine million a year when they're twenty nine and they've already had their best years. Makes Looking at you, no Eric Carlson. F- yeah. Looking at you, uh, Jeff fucking Skinner. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Andre Kopitar, uh, Drew Doughty. Like everybody on the fucking Sharks. Like, <laughs> you, like these are the types of contracts that teams should be signing. You have a guy who is a bona fide superstar or elite talent at twenty one years old. Lock that dude up until he's thirty. You get nine years out of him, eight years out of him, and then you're like, oh, well, we'll see what happens then. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, by then, we will have used him up. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm Jim Benning, like, I'm shitting bricks right now <laughs> because, like, who knows what he's going to do? There's no way he can. He's, he has to ditch salary. He has to. And, and that team is already bad on paper they're bad yeah um <laughs> i just feel sorry for thatcher demko this season like he's just gonna get shelled oh yeah nothing says getting shelled like oliver ekman larson and, and tyler myers as Tucker your first Pullman. pair yeah it, like oel I, might even like i think i'm willing to bet on a bounce back here for oel uh tyler myers no <laughs> yeah he's just bad tyler myers might get taller but he will not play hockey better <laughs> That will actually affect his ability to play hockey. Yeah. Only um, Zidane Chara wins at plus six, six plus. <laughs> uh, uh, the Rasmus Dahlin contract, I kind of like. Uh, three by six, six million dollars a year, three years. Like, uh, I like it because the Sabres are going to be nowhere near the cap in that time period and he's an rfa at the end of it so you still have that sort of he's still super young he's still got the potential and like you know at this point they're trying to get rid of everything you know they need to they need to just tear it down to studs and try and rebuild from something and he's maybe your best player you want to keep well darlene's 21 he's already used up so i (laughs) And by used up, I mean he's played in Buffalo for three years. That's like any player going to the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, your career is over. Yeah, Isn't that just, right, Joey Harrington? <laughs> you're just like stuck in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that's rough. We've gotten to the point where it's going to be really... There, there's going to be some very uh, desperate moves, especially by Vancouver, I think, to... Like we might see like Bo Harvat traded for like pennies on the dollar or something for them to get Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes under the cap. That would be a fucking shame. Yeah, I love Bo Horvat. I know uh, he deserves talk about better the than one Vancouver. Good soldier in Vancouver, yeah, it's him and been, Besser. Yeah, I mean Horvat just because he's older and has to, you know, has had to endure he's the more. Captain. Right, uh, you know, Besser still has career ahead of him like horvat like this is starting to be his legacy how old do you think bo horvat is 29 26 jesus he feels like he's only got two more years left too he can he's gone yeah him at all of these people him at 28 like rolling up to the boston bruins looking like he just got back from nom good luck jim benning i hope this fucks you hard (laughs) i I, I've been, ever since I read the uh, Prashanth Iyer 
article in Winging It in Motown where he detailed how he would offer sheet Elias Patterson and bring him to the Red Wings. So they had a, immediately a very deep center pool. I have been 100% on board with Eisenman doing this. He never will. It would be great. So that'd be so awesome. You should send him some fan mail. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, I've got a letter ready. I'm <laughs> just waiting for the mail guy to I come s- by. I send it every week. Uh, are we Andy Dufresne now? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like we've got Andy Dufresne time on our hands. You're uh, obtuse. Did you call me obtuse? What did you call me? You know who's obtuse? Uh, that, that This is a, a fake transition. No, this is a great transition to anti-vaxxer bullshit. Yeah. You know who's obtuse? Zach Ronaldo. You know who's, um, I think, out of a job now? Zach Ronaldo. Yeah. Technically still employed, but getting not invited to camp and sent down to the AHL, which probably where he belongs. <laughs> At this point, honest, yes. um, Zach Ronaldo, after saying you shouldn't get vaccinated. Cocky Twitter sort of came down hard on William Nylander today because he admitted that he's not fully vaccinated because he had medical issues. That's excused. You know, being Zach Ronaldo and being in the media and telling people, you know, you should vouch for personal choice like that is. He's going full Cole Beasley. Yeah, right. Except he's not as good as Cole Beasley. (laughs) Like Cole Beasley is still worth a roster spot. Yeah. Um, Also in anti-vax news, the Red Wings, uh, Steve Eiserman came out and said that the entire Red Wings organization is vaccinated against COVID, except for survey says Todd Bertuzzi's nephew. Oh, Um, such surprise. Much wow. I am this. Wait, hold on. Let me have a better voice for it. I am shocked. I can't believe that Todd Bertuzzi, that bastion of light and good his nephew doesn't believe in the covid vaccine i can't believe that todd bertuzzi who once said that if joe biden won the election he would move back to vancouver and then suddenly a bunch of people were like are we voting for biden now shit yeah it it sucks to see tyler bertuzzi get the you know have to be in the anti-vaxxer zone now because we liked him like he's exciting player he's He's a fun guy so much fun to watch play hockey and i will enjoy watching him play hockey this season he has until the wings trade him but like (laughs) until they have to go to canada and can't bring him yeah and it's but just like it's one thing if like he has a heart condition or some shit that no he openly was like no i chose not to how salty is he going to feel when his whole team is going to Canada and he's like, guys, he clearly doesn't guys. give a shit. He clearly doesn't give a shit about the team. I mean, no, like, yeah. let me let me just yeah, work you, through this real quick. Keep going. The NHLPA and the NHL came out a month ago and said that, well, if you're not vaccinated, chances are you won't be able to play in Canada. And also, we're okay with you losing your checks during that time. And he was like, Canada, where's that? Yeah, despite the fact that I'm from there. Do they play uh, hockey there? And, like, the fact that all of this happened and Tyler Bertuzzi was still like, 
I'm a man and men don't get <laughs> vaccinated. And like I and I am obviously putting things into Tyler Bertuzzi's mouth, but I mean if you judge I'd by, rather put a fucking vaccine in his arm. If you judge by the th- amount of teeth that are missing from Tyler Bertuzzi's mouth, you could have predicted his vaccine stance. Is there a correlation to brain cells? Uh yes. And also just how you feel about a vaccine. Like if you are like Less than 50% of your teeth. He does look like he's from Alabama. Absolutely. Like, he's a Southerner by proxy. Yeah. This, it's so discouraging for me as a Wings fan because I love Tyler Bertuzzi as a player. Yeah, same here. He's a fascinating hockey player. Mm -hmm. He's, honestly, he's not that good but he's also <laughs> very good yeah he's, you watch him do things and you're like how did the puck go in the net how is he doing this he because has, he's not that good but he's also extremely good he has some like magical qualities that that other other nhl players don't necessarily have like he, he's not skilled he's not fast but he puts the puck in the net and he's, he gets his he puts his nose in danger. Areas. He's a more talented Andrew Shaw. No, oh, yeah. In in uh, I think that's maybe the best corollary. I am really bummed about this. I more bummed to see someone we like kind of fall from grace out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like when we found out that Aunt Becky had paid USC to take her kid to accept her kid. <laughs> Like, someone that I love just falling from grace. We um, found out Obama was wearing a tan suit. Yeah. Just, and, and just ended his... Tan suit? Are you kidding you? me? The only person who could pull off a tan suit, honestly, is probably Pitbull. So, <laughs> <laughs> if Mr. Worldwide can't pull off a tan suit, nobody can. We're going to find out real quick who the players are that aren't vaccinated. The NHL is saying that it's probably only going to be 10 to 15 players league-wide. Who yeah, 98% aren't. should be vaccinated is what they said. Yeah, and so uh, we'll find out who they are as soon as every team goes to Canada. Um, <laughs> and kudos to Canada for giving us that knowledge. Which, I appreciate you. So speaking of suits... And uh, who's going to be spending more time in a suit this season? Alex Stalock, unfortunately. Uh, he's going to miss the season with a heart issue stemming from having COVID earlier in the year. And they identified a heart issue and that stemmed from him having COVID, which, you know, people always talk about the vaccine and being worried about their professional athlete bodies dealing with vaccine side effects and not enough attention is paid to how much covid has cost you know marco rossi or uh any of the number of people jonathan taves any of the people that have had long covid and had their careers impacted or jeopardized alex stalock a pretty damn good goalie you know he for the edmonton oilers is going to miss the whole season yet his teammate josh archibald is going the Tyler Bertuzzi route and doesn't want to get vaccinated. He may just get stuck in America, just not be able to get back into Canada because we don't care if you have a vaccine here. But, uh, you know, yeah, just have him hang out in Idaho right, for a yeah, while. Yeah, be you, fine. Can, you can turn America into your personal hotel, California. Edmonton will probably miss you because they don't have much forward depth. I just, but, uh, you know, we've, we have seen uh, with COVID that myocarditis and pericarditis are 
side effects of it. And I'm not sure what Alex Daylock has, and I'm not going to speculate, but there are definitely some known heart ailments that have cropped up after having, you know, even mild cases of COVID. Yeah. And so I really hope Alex Stalock as a human, like I obviously really hope that he's okay. Like, I think he's pretty good, but he has also just had bad luck, a and including of, this. A bunch of NHLers caught COVID before there was a vaccine last mm-hmm. year. And then the vaccine came out towards the tail end of the season. And so players who were still playing largely didn't get it because they didn't want to miss time. Right. Chancing that they'd miss a week. whatever. And it turns out, you know, a bunch of players, most players got it during the off season and 98% is fantastic. Yeah. Like let's celebrate the NHL for just a second. The NHL does a bunch of boneheaded shit. I mean, <laughs> they're about to uh, change their name to the premier hockey league federation. <laughs> uh, but like getting 98% of your players vaccinated and a couple of teams like basically firing coaches for not getting vaccinated. And in, including one coach kind of like, gloriously stepping down because he couldn't get vaccinated and it was like okay we you need to step aside now okay yeah i understand i need to step aside now like it was like a yeah sad movie ending (laughs) yeah for all of the boneheaded stupid shit that the nhl does getting this many of their players and staff and you know i almost said faculty as if there were a higher ed situation <laughs> um but like getting this many people associated with the game vaccinated is is actually remarkable and so like let's give a little bit of a kudos cuz i know like baseball and definitely not the nfl and i'm guessing also not the nba have 98% of their people vaccinated so yeah, but also none of them have to cross international borders nba does well uh, baseball not, does not really there's like Toronto. It's like two fucking teams. Like, yeah, but it's still fucking Canada. No, I know. But I'm Canada's just, the stickler. I'm just saying that matters a whole lot more to the NHL than it does to any other right. league. And so also thank God for Canada and yeah. for them being as proactive as they should be. And for giving us poutine. <laughs> so uh, speaking of carbs, uh, the TNT broadcast crew was announced this week. So we noticed that one name that hadn't popped up earlier on the TNT, like these are the people we've hired lists popped up. That was Paul Bissonette. (laughs) And um, Paul Bissonette, who, if you don't know, is the frat boy douche version or half of Spitting Chicklets, which is actually probably giving Wright Whitney way too much credit. I was I always thought of Whitney as the frat boy douche version as Paul and Paul Bissonette is like, is he a fuck boy then? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I will change my stance. Paul Bissonette is the fuck boy half of Spitting Chicklets, which is the uh, hockey podcast that is unfortunately listened to by a lot of people um, and is part of the Barstool Empire, which also sucks. Um, and it's just kind of the the NHL or TNT, sorry, TNT clearly hired him, I think, to be the Barkley. Oh, absolutely. And Everybody's been saying that he's the Charles Barkley of the, you know, TNT lineup. And they could have done worse. They could have done better. Could uh, they have done worse? Yeah, though? they could have hired Ronick. True. Okay. 
I stand corrected. Thank you, Evan, for that. Uh, do you think Jeremy Roenick and Kurt Schilling just like hang out? Hang out? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Just, but uh, like Bissonette, he's he has some redeeming qualities as a i uh, I, I i know it, it's fucking painful to recognize but i, I especially i in, refuse to recognize especially it, in comparison to ryan whitney <laughs> i think bisonette genuinely I, I wonder if this is him like trying to get legit after being with barstool for so long like, if, if this is, is him like, being the first rat off the ship i think barstool's kind of lost its room in many ways like it's i doubt it philosophically yeah numbers sure but i think it's losing traction from us on our like moral high horse we're like yeah barstool's on the way down but the numbers say i think that i think that shit is just tired i think you know it was fresh for a little while chicklets was fresh for a little while and now it's fucking tired it's just, you know, a bunch of white guys in a room talking about the good times and blah, blah, blah. Which is in no way, shape, or form what we are doing here. <laughs> yeah, we we just hate everything equally. Yeah, I'm just pretty sad. But, like, I don't know. I wonder if there is a sort of pivot angle to this. Uh, because I see, I see Dave Portnoy not being able to open a pizza box. And I see the writing on a wall for barstool i'm i will say this i'm willing to give bissonette a chance Mm -hmm. to prove that he's more than just a fuck boy i am skeptical that he will take that chance and also he doesn't know who i am so like whatever (laughs) Uh, he doesn't know the chances out there but i'm giving it to you paul i'm giving it to you i would love to see what you're saying come to fruition he's like well i'm legit now i don't want to do spit and checklists anymore pink whitney suck <laughs> um, it's awful alcohol uh, uh yeah I, I mean i assume he will still keep doing it's spit like, and chicklets it's like gin flavored piss is what it is <laughs> um i assume he'll keep doing checklets but maybe he like i see slowly this- removes himself from it i don't know like so when they were originally looking to this, like cast this Charles Barkley of hockey part, I kind of thought it was going to be Kevin Bieksa, maybe Patrick Sharp. Uh, going with Bissonette is definitely leaning into the the Barkley of the Charles. Uh, you know, he will very much be the old pro turned to for some like lowbrow humor. Paul Bissonette, I think, can be kind of funny, and I think generally wants the people around him to get along that's kind of how i read him even you know being the head of one of barstool's biggest hockey properties but uh, uh, he is barstool's biggest hockey property (laughs) right barstool also got famous on the back of him i mean like you, you know you can't really divorce the two can you uh so I don't know. I see this as him trying to get at something bigger. So moving on to other weird signings and weird moments. um, I'm actually, I'm actually really kind of shocked by like half of these PTO signings. You mean paid time off? I want, I want some paid time off. I have lots of that actually, like to the point where I'm getting 
compensated because I didn't use all of mine. Uh, well, I would like some. You can you can have it. Have, have um, none. Uh, first off, uh, Alex Galchenyuk going back to the Yotes. This is not how this works. You are supposed <laughs> to play for every single team in the NHL, and you're going back to a team you already played for. Sign with fucking Vegas. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, like any- Vegas realized he he doesn't play defense. So yeah, okay. Alex Galchenyuk signs PTO at the Coyotes, where he spent uh, many fruitless years uh, uh, no he was like fantasy relevant for like a hot stretch of in there. all his fruitless searches they led him back to the fruitless confines of wherever the yotes are playing this year yeah so uh going to not glendale nikita gusev signed with toronto which it's that makes sense that i i nikita gusev getting another contract makes a lot of sense i think he played on some like let's be honest some shitty uh new jersey teams yeah. i'm surprised that um, he's kind of gotten a bad rap in the NHL. Uh, I, I don't know enough about him to say, oh, he sucked or, oh, he's great. He was a I, talented I, forward that kind of disappeared. Yeah. So him getting a new chance, I'm actually kind of surprised Toronto would give him a chance because they have a lot of people. Um, and I'm also rooting for Josh Hosang to make their team. Yeah, um, for real. That is, talk about somebody that, we don't have on this list. Yeah. He has apparently been working up a storm for the last six weeks in the Toronto facility. And, uh, I am all in on some Josh Hosang this year. I want him to make the show and show people that they've been wrong about this. Josh Hosang is locker room cancer bullshit for years. And fuck the Islanders is what it will be a real great story. If I, I, yes, we, as a podcast are 100% (laughs) in the Josh Hosang revenge tour camp. Um, speaking of the Islanders, they signed, uh, Eric Gustafson to a professional tryout after he had a pretty good showing in Montreal last year after being traded there. Uh, he's a guy who, if you use correctly, can, spot you some dividends he's just he's a power play quarterback that's all he does protect him on your third line yeah and he, only start him in offensive zone face off right. he cannot and, yeah. actually skate backwards like that that's the that's the eric gustison story and then james neal and michael Frolik are trying out for the st louis blues which is interesting i expect michael Frolik to make it and was, james neal to not i was gonna say flip of the coin which one of these guys do you think and if you had said james neal i was going to castigate you like <laughs> Uh, no, Michael Froelich, uh, he's he's still got tires. He's a, left. Ta- he's a talented guy who just gets injured all he's the time. He's a cup winner for the Blackhawks. He was pretty good when he was younger. Yeah, he just yeah, so was inj- Brad Aldrich. Um, <laughs> ooh, 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 oh, oof. Oh. You just turned that oof up oh, to one hundred. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and finally, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by this. Bobby Ryan signed a PTO with the Wings, and Booby Ryan. The dude was having a very good year until he got hurt for a you know thirty something veteran until he got hurt last year. He'll make the team. They're just trying to pay him do- bottom dollar. I think they paid him bottom dollar last year. Right. I hope he makes the team, not at the expense of a prospect who has earned it. But I do hope he makes the team, even if he's just like a rotational piece. Uh, he's a healthy scratch, whatever. Like. Like, that's a guy you put on your third line, and he can do some, especially for the wings who suck. Um, and they do kind of need some veteran leadership, too. And he is a good kind of guy in the room. 
Yeah. And so he's a very respected player. Uh, he is a, a guy who, even after getting hurt last year, spent so much time around the team trying to help them. And let's face it, like the wings grew, like they were still shitty last year, but they grew by leaps and bounds from the team before that. So, um, and I'm not saying they're going to make, they're going to have like the same growth this year. I expect them wholeheartedly to be like bottom six, seven in the league this year. But having a guy like Bobby Ryan around is a massive boost just Mm -hmm. to that, that camaraderie, that organizational like structure. And I was shocked that nobody gave Bobby Ryan a contract. I'll be perfectly honest. And so like, I'm thrilled that the wings signed him to a PTO contract and I hope he makes the team. Speaking of good guys in the room, uh, Travis Zajac announced his retirement this week, signed one day contract with the New Jersey Devils to retire a devil where he spent the majority of his career. Happy trails. It was a good career. He was a good soldier. Uh, He didn't unfortunately accomplish a whole ton that was worth talking about in terms of teams. He played on a lot of bad teams, but he himself put up pretty good numbers and was a good face of the franchise for many years. From what I hear, it's Nico Heischer's team. And Nico is going to be the face. He's going to be the center for the future. And, uh, you know, him and Jack Hughes, him and Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton and Bougie Hamilton. Well, uh, I love that guy. Yeah. This New Jersey Devils team is going to be super fun to watch over the next like two to three years. Brief segue. Mm -hmm. I'm so fucking excited for this season. Yeah. It's starting to build like fucking excited. Even through this this episode, like I'm getting more and more excited for hockey. I have no idea what's going to happen. This is an obvious segue to our season preview episode, which will come out pretty soon. But I have no idea what's going to happen. The feeling of impending madness is so good. Like fucking Edmonton might finally be good. Who knows? Impending madness. A good uh, Pink Floyd B side. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Pink Floyd. The Coyotes took some peyote and decided to rebrand once again. They to a rebranded classic. to something that already existed, though. But they—it's awesome. Yeah, don't but get they, me wrong. No, but the what's novel is they realized the classic thing is better than what we have than the new thing, and we're gonna throw this back in, like. Uh, the the reverse retro jerseys was like the big league chew of going back to their old branding, and uh, they decided, oh yeah, you know we want this this Wolf Kachina thing, and you know the old original kind of '90s branding because it it was just better and more interesting and more original, and you know after kind of dumbing it down with the wolf head logo and going kind of uh, hyper modern realized, Hey, no, let's go back to the roots. This will be more interesting props to them for realizing that that was stronger. So the coyotes have done exactly zero things right in the last <laughs> say hundred years. This is an actual really great step. I loved mm-hmm. the original Yotes logo. I love like I grew up in Michigan, but I had family in the Phoenix area. And so we got some like Phoenix Suns gear and some okay. coyotes gear when we were little and just loved it. So there's kind of like a childhood joy that comes with this coming back. They brought back the quarter moon logo as well for their sweater sleeves. And they're going back to play in their old arena. Yeah. So uh, America West. I I don't know what it's called now. I don't think America West. I remember seeing like 
that arena and like a, a video game video, you know, intro to every NHL 98 yeah. game I played. Like, it, it, I'm happy to see this. They sent some poor intern with Jacob Chitron out to like <laughs> out to the middle of nowhere to take some photos of while him holding a hockey stick. Yeah, like I hope they smoked a blunt afterwards together or something. I, like, like <laughs> just like, I hope such they a didn't weird die. exercise. Like <laughs> it's hot in the desert. Yeah. Jacob Chitron featuring on Don't Call Saul. Where are they now? <laughs> Unsolved mysteries, <laughs> the disappearance, forensic of files. <laughs> yeah, this is this is. I think it's good for the Yotes. I I'm excited to see this. Um, but real yeah. win is for the graphic designer. They're gonna still suck. Um, but hey, they got Phil Kessel. They got hot dogs. They got the Kachina doll logo. Like, let's party it up in Phoenix. Or, yeah. Yeah, Phoenix. Let's, we'll, let's enjoy. Let's, let's enjoy call them the Phoenix Coyotes again. Who gives a shit? Let's just enjoy some Coyotes this year while we have them. Before they become the Quebec City Coyotes. <laughs> Word on the street is that Jack Eichel will report to Buffalo camp, at least for his physical. Well, it's not like he can play. He's got a broken neck. Like, uh, or not neck. He, well, he's got bad vertebrae or something like broken that. spirits yeah well it's got bad humors and uh the bad blood yeah this i, the, I, I think he kind of has to and right I for guess. his own trade value like this is only <laughs> a step in him trying to help himself get traded i really kind of hope that kevin adams says fuck this we're we're keeping jack eichel until somebody gives us what he's worth and I mean, we can argue about what he's worth, but it's a lot. He's a, is a top lot. when he's healthy, he's a top 10 center in the NHL. But you're also rolling the dice that he may never be healthy again. Yes, I agree. You'd have to before he gets traded. He's got to have a clean bill of health like that's got to happen. And so that I mean, I think that's that's the motivation here. Some people think that he may play some games for them as a sort of demo show oh yeah i'm still good at hockey you guys it's stupid let him have the fucking surgery let him get on with his career it sucks that maybe one of the brightest talents that the nhl has seen in the last decade could perhaps not play again because of just the sort of capitalistic mismanagement of an injury situation because it happened in the context of a contract year okay yeah okay Zdeno Chara signs with the Islanders, his original team in the NHL. Absolutely adorable. Hugs all around. Uh, I don't know. You can hug his leg, uh, maybe. <laughs> That's where I measure um, up to yeah. Zdeno Chara. Uh, but he, <laughs> I loved his announcement. Uh, I loved his announcement uh, where he pulled his old jersey out of his closet and was like, this you know, is, it's got some dust on it, but uh, this is where I am now. Yeah. Also, the jerseys he pulled out, those Islanders jerseys were dope. The, like, really dark blue ones with yeah. kind of uh, uh, half chevrons on the shoulder. Those were sweet. I've not seen those. Yeah, well, time to... There's there's your reverse retro jersey for this year. Also in funny, um, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> still fucking weird. Yeah, like... No, when guys. When someone tells you that they're not weird, uh, don't believe them. Yeah. 
That's that's like when you start a sentence by saying not to be racist, but no, you're a racist. You're about to say something racist. I'm not weird, but no, you're weird, Nathan McKinnon. And it's okay. <laughs> you're fucking wonderful at hockey. You're incredible at hockey, uh, but you're weird and it's okay. The joke being that Nathan McKinnon is a nutrition Nazi and, uh, you know, doesn't like it when his teammates don't eat as well as he does with his uh, chickpea pasta and protein loading techniques. And so he came out in the media this week and said like, no, okay guys, I like go to in and out after games. Yeah. And, and everyone was like, yes, to make sure your teammates aren't eating there. <laughs> and uh, like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Would- also in and out sucks, but that's a side story. In and out is good but it's not as good as everybody tells you it is i i i like in and out but i don't like everybody who has had it once tells you that it's the best fucking thing that you they've ever had and it's like no if you go to in and out like four times you're like kind of over it like do i think an animal style burger is pretty good yeah but is it like drive to kaiser oregon good no but yeah it's like this has the feeling no of Shake Shack. No, absolutely not. This has the feeling of McKinnon, you know, coming out and saying like, hey, guys, I I go to high school parties. No, no, I'm cool. I swear. No, no, guys, I'm cool. I wear Old Navy tech vests. I'm cool. <laughs> like, if you were actually cool, what you would do is lean into the joke and make fun of yourself a little bit. And then it would go away forever. And he instead double down <laughs> on the weird yeah the quote is no no i go to in and out after games and like there were people like there's no way he waits in the lines at the in and out in denver <laughs> and i was like you think nathan mckinnon waits in line he walks to the front and says give me a stick of butter and then walks out before he <laughs> even gets the butter like like first off there's no way that this dude is eating it in and out and second off like there's no way he's waiting in lines, even if he does eat in and out. I believe he had like you know maybe one cheat post game meal, like uh, as a, like a slump breaker. Like and he, then, you know he had, he had one bad game in which he uh, you know had only one shitty assist, and maybe he went to in and out after that one because he needed to get some hydrogenated fat and bad oil into his system or something. I don't know. And like after he ate it, he flogged himself like the bad guy <laughs> in the Da Vinci code. Like, all right. Well, I, I think that ends our time here today. Um, thanks. Thanks for your patience. As we uh, deal with the off season, the NHL season starts on October 12th. So you can uh guess that we are going to be posting much more regularly here in the next couple of weeks also that is so fucking soon (laughs) if you are looking for us if you're scouring the internets going oh geez where can i find handsome hockey podcasts on the internets let me tell you um we can be found at handsomehockey.com handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter which is probably our most active social media thing largely because it's easy we are also handsome hockey pod at gmail.com if you want to email us and we are also you can find us on facebook at the handsome hockey facebook page and uh assuming that you're listening to us somewhere and not just like listening to us shouting from the next room, like some people. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, and Red Circle. If you are our one ever listen on Google Podcasts, reach out to us. That would be kind of fun. We would love to know what your experience is like. You obviously didn't come back, so also we have we're sorry. We never gave away our free poutine. Nobody claimed it. Nobody claimed it. So uh, our if you listen to us on Google Podcasts, let us know, and uh, free poutine will be yours. Yeah, we're going to have to think of some giveaways here to just kind of have some fun. But um, yeah, the free poutine is kind of up in the air at this point. Also up in the air, stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.